I'm Stephen Gregory Smith. And I'm Matt Connor. Gather around the campfire, everyone. It's time for... The Connery Special. Tell us a story. What is that voice? <laughs> um, I don't know. Let's call it, uh, let's call it Auto-Tuner. Oh, okay. <clears throat> well, tonight we are talking to Craig Spector for part two of his interview. We get into uh, my favorite book of his, The Bridge, um, and some other stuff, his music. Um, so we're going to take a break and we will be right back. From award-winning journalist and author, Michael Lee Pope, The Ghosts of Alexandria. His spellbinding book tells of historical intrigue, the brutal beginnings of a port city, romances that end in tragedy, restless spirits like the tomb of the female stranger who's said to haunt Gadsby's tavern, and the three falling ghosts of the Carlisle House. Explore the supernatural journey of the ghosts of Alexandria, available at ArcadiaPublishing.com. From Dathan Auerbach, author of Pen Pal, comes the chilling horror novel, Bad Man. Booklist raves, it's magnificent. The Shining, set in a grocery store. The Washington Post calls it atmospheric and unsettling. Takes on an aura of almost gothic menace. And USA Today says it's wickedly effective and saves its darkest deeds for an unnerving end. Bad Man, by Dathan Auerbach. Available at 1000vultures.com Success found both of you guys. Uh, several, an, an, another uh, New York Times bestseller followed and about your seventh book in landed this idea of the bridge. Where do you remember the chrysalis of the idea of the bridge? That was the bridge was one of the first. It was one of the uh, the the books that we had pitched that day. Oh, cool! Of of the other books, and I think I mentioned to to uh, to you last night when we were messaging. Um, Originally, the bridge was supposed to kind of have a happy ending on it. Um, and the happy ending was sort of like, you know, uh, the main characters, the good guys who were rooting for, they, they finally come into contact with the, the living presence of Gaia, the Earth spirit, you know, and they come to some sort of, uh, you know, some sort of resolution, you know. Um, that uh, that died in utero as we were doing the research, because the deeper we got into this, uh, we just realized it's like, you know what? Uh, the moment this trips, it's game over. There's no there's no coming out of this. Right. You know, um, it's just uh, and I remember at the time. Um, we were both. Uh, there was a. Uh, there was an interview. Uh, with uh, with Cronenberg. Um, and he was talking about his films and and his body horror, 
you know, and et cetera. And, um, and it was right around the time that, you know, the whole, let's not forget the whole AIDS crisis was raging through, you know, the populace. And, you know, a lot of people were just scared shitless of the plague, you know, if we will call of, of AIDS and everything. And they, the interviewer was talking to Cronenberg and he said the most amazing thing. He's like, well, actually, if you look at it from the virus's point of view, it's having a wonderful time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's young, it's virile, nothing can stop it, you know, and, and the world is its, you know, if, if the world is its, kind of like the world is its oyster, you know, what's not to like, mm-hmm. you know, um, which is this absolutely horrifying thought, but yeah, well, that's true, you know, um, and I remember that while we were doing all this, you know, research and digging deeper and deeper and deeper into, you know, the toxic dumpers and the idea of, you know, one too many, you know, literally on that proverbial dark and stormy night, you know, one too many barrels of toxic waste get dumped off this bridge, backwater bridge somewhere in Pennsylvania and, you know, lightning strikes it just as it hits the water, and boom, a new life form is instantly created. And the life form is essentially liquid, sentient poison. Uh-huh. And its properties are that, you know, everything it touches... Uh, whatever the toxins are and the poisons are within that thing, they wake up too. Right. And they join the party. You know, and so from from the monster's point of view, it's wonderful. It's like, it's just kind of like, it's a giant hold my beer moment uh, for the monster because it's like, it can't be stopped. You know, and and it's just having a fabulous time. As it just decimates everything in its path within the space of about it, it's the last it's the last twelve to twenty four hours of life as we know it, and there was no coming back from that, and the deeper we got in, the more we realized it's like there's no happy ending here. you know the only happy ending is if, is if we can somehow never let this happen it's it's clear it's clearly got some influence from i mean a, a lot of different things but there's a you have a, a nice little romero connection yeah yeah and, and i'm from western pennsylvania mm-hmm. and so all things world of romero are my bread and butter right mm-hmm. um and, and and just a fun side note, both you and Skip were in uh, the remake of Night of the Living Dead yeah. Zombies. <laughs> yeah, that was great. <laughs> and you got a, I mean, rest his soul, we've lost George, but you got a nice little, uh, you know, quote from George to use in your early books. Yeah, yeah, we did. Did you have any kind of uh, relationship with George? Just, uh, you know, we, 
we were great admirers of his work. Yeah. Um, and we we kind of got to know him. We I wouldn't say we got to know him well, but we got to know him as colleagues. Um, he invited us out uh, when he was shooting Monkey Shines. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got invited out uh, to, and because we were living in Pennsylvania, it's like, well, it's only a six and a half hour drive to where they're shooting. You know, um, so we just rolled out and spent, you know, a week on the set of Monkey Shines. Um, when we were uh, doing, the, when he was doing the remake of, uh, of Night of the Living Dead, uh, we had become friends with Tom Zappini. Uh, we'd become friends with John Bullich and Everett Burrell, the special effects artists. And so, yeah, we, we were just kind of, you know, we were there. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, uh, the, the, the kind of uh, thought of like a new society, uh, uh, you know, coming into its own uh, with the zombies and everything kind of, there's a, a feel of that with the bridge as in like this new society is awakening. Um, and I love, always love watching that because you, you start to like forget who the good guys are mm-hmm. um, and start to wonder if like, well, maybe this is actually what's supposed to happen. Yeah. There's so many different directions that can go in. Uh, it's kind of, you know, when I think about the possibilities now of like, uh, you know, um, especially as we were discussing in messaging last night um, with so many new streaming platforms out there, yeah, all of whom seem to have this voracious appetite for content. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would love to see somebody who uh, shared the enthusiasm and, and basically kind of got it to just kind of take it and run with it. That yeah. would be, uh, that would be great for me. Um, I would, I think that would just be absolutely fantastic. Well, you've heard it um, here, right here. <laughs> somebody, yeah. somebody grab this. Um, I want to, I want to hit your music. Um, we were listening to, can you tell us how you kind of pivoted back? I know you've been having some health issues you pivoted back to music again. So this has kind of come full circle. And do you want to tell us how that came to be? Yeah. uh, The short version is, I mean, the music has always been there for me from, from the very beginning. I mean, when, uh, when I was, when I first came to New York and was, you know, roller skating street messenger by day and writing the novel by night, I was also uh, playing in a band of this very theatrical you know, crazed rock band that John had actually been the guitar player, but he was realizing, you know, he couldn't, he couldn't uh, devote as much time as he wanted to devote to his writing and still play in this band. So he was deciding, you know, he's going to have to give it up. But fortunately I came and just picked up, you know, where he, you know, where he left off and I came and, and, you know, I was freshly graduated from Berkeley you know, they gave me a demo tape, uh, and I walked into my audition, and I already knew all the music in their set. You know, because because I had just listened to the tape and figured out the songs, and you know, and so I just plugged in. <laughs> you know, um, so I was uh, you know writing by day and playing in a band by night, and um, 
then it was always just kind of there. And like you said, we, we had, uh, for the bridge, we did the soundtrack for the movie in your mind. And we actually re- re- did an independent release of a CD. Um, we had never really figured out how to, you know, commercially, how to get all these pieces together, you know, to all these pieces to line up. Um, for 10 years out in L.A., when I was, uh, I spent about 20 years out in L.A., uh, I played in this really fantastic band, which was uh, a three-piece band of myself on bass and vocals and Richard Christian Madison on drums and Preston Sturgis on guitar and vocals. And so we had this great band called Smash Cut that was an L.A. band of, of writers. Um, and we played, you know, L.A. clubs and et cetera for a long time. And so the music has always kind of been there. However, um, the health thing that happened, it's like, uh, it's not a secret. Uh, anybody who comes to, to my page knows. Um, in... Um, in 2016, uh, at the age of 56, uh, I was diagnosed with uh, stage four metastatic prostate cancer, uh, metastasized to my bones. And I thought I had a pinched nerve in my back uh, that was going on, and I was going to the chiropractor, and it just wasn't getting any better. It was getting worse. Um, and eventually it got so bad that uh, Memorial Day 2016, I, um, I woke up that morning. I woke up, I stood up, and I fell over because my legs had stopped legging. They, uh, they didn't know how to leg anymore. Um, something had happened, and my entire nervous system from the waist down basically had short-circuited. And so 911, 12 hours in ER, uh, emergency EMI, emergency uh, scan, um, and a complimentary prostate exam, and uh, and they came back and they're like, yeah, the uh, the pinch nerve in your uh, in your back is actually a tumor on your T7 vertebrae, um, and. By the way, your your PSAs are 481. And I was like, uh, what's the normal range? And they said 1 to 5. And so 481 is kind of like, you're still here. Great. Um, wow. And so I was, you know, I was just there. And, you know, 11, 12 hours in the emergency room. Uh, <laughs> Oh, I'm so sorry. Yikes! That's, that's my pug. Somebody's knocking on the door. <laughs> I'm glad because it sounded like somebody was being murdered. <laughs> he would think. I'm so sorry. It's a, what, we we can edit all of this out. There's a neighbor. Oh, that's okay. That's okay. Door. Yeah, that's okay. Um, oh God. Uh, yeah, we have two pugs. Edgar Allan pug. And Lord Byron. Ah, that's wonderful. Yeah, um, it can be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
uh, Matt has run out to talk to a, a neighbor. Well, um, I'm so sorry that this has taken longer, but I also think it's great because I can like divide this up into two episodes. Uh, sure, sure. And and uh, focus on, you know, for the first book and then the bridge and the music, which is great. Just gives us more stuff to talk about you. Um, yeah. I'm so sorry. I don't know why this conversation is still happening on our front porch. Uh, <laughs> um, but. Oh, God, they're still talking anyway. All right. Let's see if there's anything I can salvage here in the meantime. Uh, so so. The, your health led you back to writing music as far as I know it never left. But oh, and P.S., that soundtrack to the movie in your mind, there's nowhere to buy that now, is there? For the you bridge. can buy it. You can buy it directly from uh, um, for the bridge. No, I don't think so. I don't no, think so. That's no old CDs hanging out anywhere. Unfortunately, no, no. I only have maybe a handful of them, um, and uh, unfortunately, the guy who had uh, actually. Uh, gotten gotten in with us to do the deal to make those dvds uh or those cds uh he had boxes and boxes of them and eventually he threw them out oh damn he just tossed them you uh. know because they were just taking up space in his basement you know um but that was before you could sell everything on online i know you know it's a collector's um, item yeah um, so so the so the music you you started uh you there's a specialness about this guitar you started writing on right yes yes that was the guitar that my my then girl my wife when we were still dating she was my girlfriend uh she bought me that guitar and that was like wow she bought me a guitar no woman has ever bought me a guitar right um, you know, we, she had actually come down because she was, she lives in Canada and, um, she was down visiting and she's like, take me to that store you always go to, you know, which was a guitar center, you know, and, uh, you know, I'm like, okay, you know, so I take her over there and I'm showing it to her cause she, you know, she doesn't know anything about guitars and music and et cetera. Um, and we, I show her the room with the electrics and then I take her into the, uh, you know, the acoustics room, which is really very cathedral-like with the vaulted ceiling and everything. Um, and we're just kind of looking at things and, and, you know, she's like, what, you know, are there, you know, what's one you like, you know? Um, and I picked up one and she, she, I showed it to her and she sort of casually glanced at the price tag and was, and was like, show me another one you like. And I picked up this, uh, it was this little red Ibanez um and uh, it was beautiful beautiful guitar and i started playing it and she's like she's like do you like it i'm like yeah i love it it's wonderful and she's like it's yours and i was just i was sitting there playing strumming the guitar and she said that and i'm still strumming the guitar i'm like um excuse me you said what <laughs> it's like because it didn't really register in my brain right she's buying me a guitar you know, this, when does this ever happen? You know, um, 
so yeah, that that became a uh, that became a very special instrument for me. So when I was in the hospital, um, and uh, it took a couple of days for my wife to you know get down because she had to you know keep the wheels from falling off the wagon at her work and everything, um, and book a flight and everything. And so my sister was there. And my sister was like, do you, do you want anything from the apartment? I'm like, yeah, get me this, get me that, get me that. And bring me the little red guitar. And so she brought it. And I would start playing the guitar in the hospital, in the, in the trauma ward, um, just to uh, chill out. And I started writing music while I was in the hospital. And it, it literally would lower my blood pressure. Um, markedly lower my blood pressure and just chill me out. And I was actually, you know, the morning of the surgery uh, at like four or five o'clock in the morning while they're prepping me to, uh, you know, be taken down. Uh, I'm, I'm sitting on the bed playing the guitar, <laughs> you know? Um, and when I got out, you know, came back, came back home and started working on like some of the music that I had written while I was in the trauma ward for 12 days. And I just knew I was, the whole thing had already become an art project to me. Uh, when I first called 911 and they picked me up to take me there, uh, I, an art project was born called the art of not dying. And this all just kind of, I, I had no idea where it was going. It's just, this is a thing that's happening. You know, this is a life-changing, significant thing. So um, when I got home, I just kept writing music. And, you know, I have my own little sort of home studio thing happening. And uh, I ended up, over the course of the next year, uh, I wrote, recorded, produced enough songs to have a completed album, uh, which was released on the one-year anniversary of me getting out of the hospital. Right. And that was my my first album called Resurrection Road. And then that was followed the next year uh, with my second album in the Art of Not Dying cycle uh, called Outposts. And that came on... Uh, what was it? I think that was on my uh, on my birthday. I I released that, you know. And then the next year after that, I released again uh, the third album that was called Kicking Cans. Um, and then I was gonna just do I was doing an album a year, you know. Um, and then I decided, uh, you know, I was just rolling with this, and I was gonna do another one come out in twenty twenty, but then the pandemic hit right and 2020 just ended up being such an unmitigated shit show that i just decided i'm not releasing anything in this crappy year it's like you know this year is just has a pox on it i'm just not i'm not i'm not releasing you know so i just kept working you know um and so I kept writing, and as it turns out, by the time I was done, uh, I had enough for a two-disc set. 
And so that's my fourth album, which is called Gratitude, which uh, technically I released it digital, digital only on my birthday uh, in July, uh, but only available on my music website at craigspectormusic.com. Uh, I just, a couple of weeks ago, uh, plugged it in for to go wide on a digital release. So somewhere around about uh, September 15th, it should start popping up on places like Amazon, iTunes, and all of the other digital purveyors. Um, but as we've, kind of, as we've heard from other authors and musicians, it's probably preferable that they go to your site, right? In a way, yeah. In a and, way, and that what is it? One more time, we'll put the link in the in the description. Oh, it's it's just simply craigspectormusic.com. Got it. Yeah, um, and it's like it's it's kind of like yeah, and if you go to my website, you can actually listen to all of the albums uh, in a kind of a try before you buy sort of way. You can also you know just kind of see sort of see the evolution of the story of of what's going on here. Um, but in terms of, for me, it's like, I'm, I'm perfectly happy to uh, sell through Amazon, sell through iTunes, because, you know, the more you sell through them, the higher you climb in their ranks. Sure. You know, um, and that's like, apparently a really important thing. <laughs> it's like, it's one of the hardest things for an, for an artist of any stripe these days is to aggregate enough of a following to, uh, to be able to, uh, you know, have... Um, to cut through the cut, noise. To cut through the wall of noise. Yeah. Yep. So. Yeah. I mean, so your music literally is like, has kept you alive, has kept you like focused, has like, uh, it, I love, I love the, um, we were listening to a lot of it this afternoon. What's so great, Craig, is that like, I've read a couple of your books. I'm in the process of reading another now I have all this music to go through and I can't wait. There's so much stuff out there that you have put out into the world. It's so incredible. And um, I'm such a fan and it was such an honor to like, get to talk to you about all of it. Um, oh, and I thank just, you. I really appreciate your, your artistry and your contributions to, you know, the culture for the past, gosh, Umpty bump years at this point, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can be carbon dated. Um, it's like it's funny. I'm sort of hor I'm horror OG at this point, you know. Absolutely, um, absolutely. I mean, the bridge was my bridge into your kind of uh, creativity world. So uh, I loved it, and I can't wait to. This underground book is so cool, and I'm loving it. Um, so I cannot wait to to keep like a quarter of the way in. So shit's starting to go down, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's going to get hairy. Um, yeah. That's another one of the, one of those books that I would love for somebody, you know, who had the time, the attention, the energy to just, you know, who got it to just take it and run with it. Yeah. You know, absolutely. Just, just I mean, it's take it's, it and go do something, go do something phenomenal with it. You know? I can see it's got all the ingredients of like just a great freaking like limited series or something like that, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, because it, it is an entire world that has been built. Um, and you never know. That's the thing. That's the amazing thing about writing and just creating and putting stuff out there. Well, we is have, that we've had uh, Emmy Award winning TV directors on this show. So if they are listening, there's <laughs> there's good property out here on the Connor and Smith show. You heard it first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, Craig, Craig, thank you so much. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a pleasure, guys. It's really, really great. Yeah, I mean, um, we, we. I feel like I want to talk to you more and find more things out about other books, but we're gonna um we're gonna retire here and tend to these barking dogs that need to be uh taken care of <laughs> i understand completely that's great it's it's wonderful meeting you guys and thanks so much great talking to you craig have a great evening you too take care all right bye bye Thanks so much, Craig. It was great to talk to you. Um, we're really, really, I'm a really big fan, and uh, I really am honored you talked to us. Um, P.S. I finished Underground uh, since, and I loved it, and I'm now rereading The Light at the End. So, so check it out, everybody. Yep. Um, if you want to know more about us, visit www.connorsmithmusicals.com. That's Connor with an E-R. You can also follow us on Facebook under Connor and Smith. Please rate, review, subscribe to this podcast. It really helps us out a bunch. I said this last night, but um, if you look in our merch store, I'll put the link in, you will see the last two episodes that we're doing this spooky season have merch. So you, if you check out that merch store, you'll know what the last two episodes are going to be. Exciting stuff. We'll put the link in the description. And, uh... As we always say, never stop questioning. Bye, everybody. Bye.